Hello everyone and welcome to episode 14 of the All In Football Fantasy Premier League show. I am your host, the FPL guru, Alex Rex, and joining me today are the usual suspects of Scott Williams and Tom Hughes. And I'm very, very excited about two things today. One, I've tried to get the theme music at the beginning of the YouTube video uh, by popular demand, and we'll see how that works. And secondly, I'm on a wild card. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> very exciting. How are we doing, boys? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, pretty good, mate. Pretty good. Without further ado, let's get cracking and let's review uh, game week 11, shall we? Um, oh, oh is that, I nearly played the music again then by accident. <laughs> uh, getting way too excited. So top performers of the game week of game week 11. Um, I mean, shock horror. It's the person Scott transferred out this week, is it? Did you transfer Cancelo out this week? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Hey, hey. <laughs> Mr. Consistent this season, Scott Williams, uh, Cancelo with 14 points. Ben Foster, who was on everyone's bench this week, uh, saved the penalty, even though he conceded, uh, obviously conceded goals. Uh, 11 points. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Mr. Consistent again, 12 points, even though they conceded three goals. This is what you get with Trent. Um, uh, Henry for, for Brentford. I'm devastated I missed that on him in draft. I tried to get him and then I, I don't know who got him instead, but never mind. Uh, your man Pablo Fornells, twelve points. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you play him in draft? No, was, um, this is the first week in fantasy where none of my bench came on, and this is the first week where I had Pablo Fornells on my bench as the first player on my bench. So <laughs> I'm lo- loving this season. Oh, what a great, what a great week. Do you have Foster on your bench or somebody of Backman? Oh, I had the guy who got sent off. Oh, right. Fine. Okay. I'm just... <laughs> um, uh, Conor Gallagher with 11 points. Um, Hayden with 10. Trossard with 10, who's got a couple of good returns um, back to back, just to make note of. And Harvey Barnes, who's done absolutely nothing all season. And then he stanched one in the top bin against Leeds. <laughs> got 10 points. What a goal, by the way. I mean, five seconds after we scored. We were at at the game as well, and it was just like, what a sucker punch, but what an incredible strike in in the end of the day. Uh, Pookie and Armstrong up front, nine points each. Once again, we've only got two strikers up front on the Kings of the Game week. Um, Funnily, on my watch list for my wildcard, I've got more strikers than I've got any other player, but it's mostly because I can't decide which rubbish one I want in my team, but never mind. I've got some stats here about the top 10K and uh, overall ownership and effective ownership of players for game week 11. We're starting to get to the point now where we're about a third of the way through, just just under a third of the way through the season. And most of the people who couldn't be asked in the first place have stopped really playing. That's quite noticeable because the number of transfers, I think it was between game week two and three, was about 15 million transfers. Then it went down to about 12 million between sort of seven, game week seven and eight. And between game weeks 10 and 11, there was 9 million transfers. So it's slowly going down in terms of people who are who are active. Uh, but Salah, again, top 10K, captained by 94.37%. So about 4 or 5% of them went for a differential. Uh, overall, he was captained by 58%. Uh, Ronaldo, 6% overall, but only 0.1% by the, uh, by the top 10K. So that just goes to show that the, uh, the the top managers at the moment have kind of moved away from Ronaldo and those other players, but they're obviously still featured in a lot of teams. Um, you know, the effective ownership of Bruno Fernandes in the top 10K is 0.36%, whereas he's effective owned by the entire game by 23%. So it just goes to show again where the where the numbers are. But there's someone there for you. 
Uh, and in terms of the usage in game week 11, it's funny. So we talked about this, didn't we, Tom? Like, um, and I know obviously we did in the WhatsApp group as well with yourself, Scott, about potentially bench boosting this week. It was something we we really I, it actually thought about. I, I, when I look back at it, I mean, Foston would have been really lucky. We've got 21 points on our bench, and that's better than probably what an average bench boost would get. And um, I, I think a lot of people have almost missed an opportunity this week with it. Mm. And I saw the, the overall usage um, for game week 11, 0.72%. I actually thought it might be higher than that because it kind of, we did, we did the podcast and it didn't even cross our minds. And then we started putting the team together and we were like, we could, we could bench boost this week. And I've had a couple of messages in this week about people saying, oh, um, can we have a minute silence my bench? AD <laughs> Chip with his Instagram message. Thank you for that, Adrian. Uh, but yeah, we were, the, we were the same, over 20 points on ours. So, uh, but, but anyway, I think a lot of people have felt that pain this week. Uh, and then, yeah, just overall numbers of uh, number of chips used, uh, top 10K now. I know the statistic uh, is on their overall usage, 93.5% have used their wildcard. So. I, think, I think we're really quick then the bench boost. We, 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 we play poker and there's something called expected value. Um, it's never, it's just got to be never plus CV to bench boost without a double game week because it's so sub- rotation just having so much especially your big players we set every city in Chelsea that it's surprising that none of your big boys are coming off the bench it just didn't seem to happen I said there with four hours people have been having bad benches as well I just think as much as we might say oh we should have done it I think you've always just got to do it a double game haven't you yeah it's um it's a it's a really interesting one because I think if you don't do it in a good double game week you should probably do it like last week before an international break or something like where the players are less likely to get rotated. Uh, if, if there's going to be like another option to do it. And also earlier in the season when there's Carabao cup games midweek rather than champions league, or it's the business end of the season, like maybe that's another thing to consider. Um, I, what I would say is if your bench is amazing, just go for it. But, you know, if you can do it in a double game week when you've got a couple of players on there, they're going to play twice or not even the bench players play twice. But the fact that your team, your original team, have got players that play twice in it and you're not you're less of risk of rotation. It's it's uh, potentially worthwhile doing. But it was a point I wanted to uh, wanted to risk. I think a lot of people got kicked by that uh, podcast mini league. Please join the podcast mini league if you are watching or listening. We're having a great time this season. We've got some really good managers in here. Um, and the code is 2P5QC4. That's 2P5QC4. And uh, I wanted to touch base with the manager of the week this week. And um, he's with us today. Tom Hughes, manager of the week, 83 points. You were game week ranked out of 8.6 million managers at 6,000th in the world, 6,500th in the world. How'd you do it? Just pure genius, really, Alex. You just have to be born with the with the capacity <laughs> to do it. Uh, no, I, do you know what what pushed me to that score this week was a good transfer. I brought Gallagher in, and he got eleven points. So without that, I'd have got seventy two, which would have still been good. But you know, close to a lot of the scores that are on that board, uh, the podcast team I think got seventy one. Yeah. Uh, so it was. Gallagher. I've had my little couple of weeks before that where I've taken my minus fours and I was just like, I'm going to do a nice, simple sub. It was Townsend out for, for Gallagher and, and uh, yeah, paid, paid dividends. Just as simple as that, really. I w- I've been confident in this team for a long time now uh, and I was ready for a big points haul. The only disappointment I had was Foden 
because uh, he should have scored. So uh, that was it. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a good team. Um, looking at Ramsdale, Chilwell, Trent, Livermento, Cancelo. You know that's relatively template at the back, but it seems to be doing seems to be doing really well. And then Foden, Rafinha, Salah, Smith Rowe, and Gallagher. Good blending midfield. Uh, yeah, and Tony up top. So and I think a, a lot of people have jumped off Rafinha a couple of weeks ago, which was always a little bit premature for me, and I still think is is uh, attacking numbers in a Leeds team which weren't doing well were still outrageous. If Leeds start picking up their performances, which I'm sure they will eventually, he's going to be he's going to be a player that everyone wants. So I think um, I've benefited from a couple of weeks of holding fire on Rafinha. Yeah, I think it's true, and I, so I'm one of those guys who's thought about transferring him out. So we've had the conversation on the podcast team a couple of times, and uh, again, I think the debate this week is probably Smith Rowe or Rafinha out um, for potentially Jota or Foden but but again that's the, the conversation we'll have in a second when we have a look at that uh, a podcast team was second uh, for manager of the week and then third place for manager of the week uh, was your brother Will um, seven, 70 Old points Jeff, you're just born with it oh, it's a yeah. huge thing you know? it's uh, just just must be must be running in the family but congratulations <laughs> He's clearly just like listening too much to me talk about it and it's uh, <laughs> he's, he's copying my team that's what it is <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's nice work there, but it's it, you know it was great to see some people beat Gav, who I think was fourth still and still top. Uh, the podcast mini league is he's got a really healthy lead at forty four points, Gavin Webb, so uh, still top of the league. And you can throw a blanket over uh, Jeff Belcher, Adrian Chippendale, myself, you, and the podcast team. It's very very close. What's that? Nine points between second and sixth. So that anything can happen in that space. And then again. Uh, between Jack, David, Byrne and Will, there's only six points between you guys, uh, those guys, and uh, and Callum, our two-time manager of the week and uh, manager of the month for last month, had a really poor game week, but still in 10th place and well in touching distance. So it's a competitive league yeah. and one that everyone wants to win. So uh, I know I do. I've got a reputation on the line that I've given for myself, so I kind of need to do well, don't I? Um, this is the podcast team. So we've got 71 points this week. Uh, Sanchez in goal with a minus one, Rudiger, and uh, we had Son still, who's not not paid off yet. Um, and but we started Vardy. Those are the notable differences from your team, Tom. And um, we've got the debate this week about transfers. So I wanted to spend just a couple of minutes on. We don't really do much debating of the pod team on 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 the podcast, and we've had a little while to think about it. And it's just ideas of what we're going to do moving forward. So for uh, for podcast listeners, Tom, do you mind reading out what the uh, the pod team fifteen is at this very moment in time? If you can read that, <laughs> uh, do you know what on my screen? It's not very big at the moment. <laughs> is it the one on the left? <laughs> it's one of the it's one of the left. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got. I know it pretty much. So uh, I'll, I'll know who the players are just by looking. Uh, Sanchez and Foster in goal. Sanchez injured. Uh, Duffy, Rudiger, Trent, Cancelo, Livermento. We've got Smithrow, Gallagher. Rafinha, Salah and Son in the middle and then Tony, Vardy and Huang up front. Son's just is bad, mate. Not injured. Yeah, yeah banned, isn't he? Yeah, for that uh, red card. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, that's that's right. Just remind me of that for my minus one. But anyway, Karen. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I was on that boat as well with you, Sky, on the minus one. But, but um, yeah, it, obviously, I think Vardy out is relatively obvious this week. It's just who we put in up front for him. Um, and then also the upgrading of one of the midfielders and it's for me it's between Smith Rowe and, and Rafinha. But I don't I don't know what you boys think if you've had a chance to, to think about it, but my my feeling was taking maybe a, a four week punt on Callum Wilson. I don't mind it. 
I don't mind it. Reunion with Eddie Howe, isn't it? So, yeah, I don't mind it. Callum Wilson, in terms of points per minute played or something like that, they still probably, like I think from what I can remember, is in the top five of strikers. So, you know, when he's fit, he's unbelievable in terms of points returns. Uh, With Eddie Howe at the helm, maybe. Maybe maybe they might uh, they, they might get some results. In, in the next four, they've got Brentford at home, Arsenal away, but then Norwich at home and then Burnley at home. So... See, before I would have said Brentford's a tough game. I still think it is a tough game, but Brentford have had a little dip off in form, so there is potential that Newcastle could do well against them. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and again, we touched on this being in the podcast, Like, what other striker do we put in? Who who else at the moment is Kane? Is making, if you're going to go for someone, isn't it? Well, I mean, well done. Well, welcome to Harry Kane. Just making everyone have a fit. He's seven goals in less than well, like game and a half, basically. How many minutes he even played? I know he played, but there's it, some big caveats, isn't there? I mean, all due respect to to the teams they played. You know, they put on good shows and good efforts from them and everything. And obviously, the situations that they deal with are completely different, you know, the resources they have at their disposal. But the level of opponent was obviously slightly different to what he's going to face in the Premier League. He got seven goals. He looked really sharp, but he also enjoys being in the England team now. He's a leader there. He, he likes the atmosphere. If you look at Harry Hurricane's past interviews, he actually would rather win something with England than at club level, which is unusual. You know, even fans, most fans would rather win something at club level. I wouldn't, but... You know, it's one of those things where people always put preference of club over country. Harry Kane doesn't. So I wonder whether that form, is that going to carry back to club where he's not really happy at the moment? There's no guarantees. It's, um, it, it, I don't know if we can just give it one more game. We've had, we've got the Kane Spurs question a little bit sort of later on and what to do, but Leeds at home next. But then they have got Burnley away, Brentford at home and Norwich at home and then Brighton away. But it's not even like Spurs are creating anything really. So mm. it's not just like, oh, Harry Kane's... It's not like Spurs have been scoring and been creating lots and Harry Kane's just not been finding his form. He's like, he's got his form, he's back now. They've not been creating anything. They've looked boring as hell. Yeah. I don't... I think I think you're stupid to jump on Harry Kane because he's got seven goals past... No disrespect. I reckon I could have probably had half a chance of scoring one in that last game. Um even I, I do. Know. Even I feel that. I, I, I think you would have got ahead of it, mate. Um, but <laughs> and it, oh, for all them San Marino fans listening, I do apologise. Um, We're big in San Marino, you know, Scott. <laughs> no, I'm turning. I'm turning to Lee Dixon now, and I'm sorry because I hate Lee Dixon. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't think you can because they're not like the creating for me. I think Callum Wilson is a much more exciting. Like Tom said, regardless if he's in a rubbish team with a rubbish manager, he still scores, doesn't he? And I think with Eddie Howe playing that attacking football, and he loves Eddie Howe, let's not forget, they played together at Bournemouth. I'm probably going to bring Callum Wilson in now. It's uh, it's an interesting one with Kane, isn't it? Because it's the um, it's kind of like the Havertz thing again, isn't it? It's the, we're, we're playing the fixtures, but not the form of the player. Yeah. But the thing is with Kane is... Just you, you know, you know, like he can get twelve points like he did against Newcastle. You just know he's like a world class player who can just deliver. And then people tend to go off that reputation. I think we can leave it another game week. Kane, personally, um, I, I honestly think that's a play against a trick against a Leeds side that's still pretty tricky out there. Let's be honest. We look better against Leicester as well. I know Leicester dominated Leicester, but we looked a lot better against Leicester. 
I think he dominated Leicester. Like, I was, I was, we're at the game and I watched it. And from a, I mean, I'm a bit of a Leeds fan, but in a, in a, from a, a, a less of a biased perspective than to be fair yourself, Tom was a Leeds fan. Like from, from I watched the game, Leeds battered them. If yeah. you, if, if Leeds could finish, if Dan James went to finishing school, for an example, like his wife's not made it at Man United, to be fair, like Leeds had won that game easily. And it won't it it even been close. I mean, the offside decision was was you know great, but but yeah, and and then the other debate is the centre midfield. So Smith Rowe against Rafinha in so in terms of taking players out and Smith Rowe is it all right from from a from a perspective, this this may sound ridiculously biased because I think he's a very good player and, I, and I've really enjoyed watching him, but a couple of his goals have been a bit lucky, haven't they? A couple of deflections that have ended up kind of going in in, in the back of the net, and then yeah. he's and then he's playing Liverpool away next, and then he's got Newcastle at home, which is a very good game. But then Man United away, Everton away, Southampton, and then West Ham. So I feel like his run of fixtures are pretty tough. Leeds obviously got Spurs away, Brighton, Palace, and Brentford. They're not the easiest, but I, you know, from our, I feel like we could give Rafinha a little bit longer, but. Yeah, I don't know what your feelings are. And then also, one of the things I'm going to touch on on the wild card in a second as well, by the way, is what we um, I mentioned to you, Tom, about who we can bring in. Because we can't afford as a team to bring in Foden for Rafinha and then be able to afford Kane or Ronaldo further down the line. We'd have to then take value out of other players elsewhere, and that's really difficult with the team that we've got because we'll be taking Son out to get Kane or Ronaldo in anyway. Probably Ronaldo looking at the fixtures, but whatever. That's we'll see what forms like. So it's this is why planning your transfers three or four game weeks ahead is so important because we could put Foden in for um, for Foden for Smith Rowe. Oh, put Foden for Rafinha. Sorry, we couldn't put Foden for Smith Rowe. We'd have to put Jota in for Smith Rowe because then that that value difference is there but um, we've got the comparison of Jota and Foden later on but um, in fact we'll we'll come back to that we'll come back to that we'll move we'll move on to my wild card very excited and also a bit nervous I'm a bit nervous when I play a wild card this is just how I've gone about picking the wild card team so just a, a, a process so for, for pod listeners I'll, I'll I'll read this out but first thing I do is create a shortlist of players and I identify those players by looking at the teams that are their fixtures and also their form. Uh, and that's the team's form. And then I do the same for the players. So fixtures and form. So I look at the informed players and also what they've got moving forward and then narrow it down with player by player comparisons. So what I mean by that is, for an example, I'm never going to double up on uh, Crystal Palace attack. I'm not going to do that, even though the fixtures look good. So I'm going to go with Edouard, Benteke, uh, Zaha or Gallagher. So if I'm going to compare the Crystal Palace guys, I'm not going to double up on them, like I said. So I'm just going to have Gallagher on my shortlist. And it'll kind of go down from there. Like you're not going to double up on Arsenal defenders. So Ben White's probably the best option in terms of his solidity for starts, etc. So that's why I narrow it down with player by player. And look at the formation of the team structure. Identify who the fringe players are going to be. So, and, and how well that they rotate. So what I mean by that is there'll be mainstays in your team every week. There'll be... Uh, James Trent and Cancelo and then Livermento and for example someone like Duffy or White would be your fringe player and how well do they rotate potentially with your other fringe player uh, which might be Smith Rowe it might be Gallagher or it might be someone like Armstrong at Southampton so then you would look at those guys and think right make sure I can put out 11 decent players every single week 
Captain Matrix is really important. I'll uh, I've got a fixture ticker that I'll have a look at in a second that I made, and then plan a few transfers and make sure you can afford them, which is what I've just touched on with the pod team. So, for example, there's a couple of ways of doing this where I need to free up some money to be able to move to a premium striker at some point because I think that will be a move that needs to happen. So that's how I've, how I've gone about looking at it. Um, I did a, a fixture ticket which I've modified. So the green on here for YouTube watchers is where a team has got a run of favourable fixtures in a row that's more than three games. Uh, the amber is when a team's got a run of fixtures in a row which are two go- two good games. And the reds are the really tough fixtures, which are yeah, Man City's, Chelsea's, Man United's, Liverpool, Spurs, probably West Ham away, Blester away, a few of those ones that are going to be really, really difficult. So it's about looking at patterns and trends and when uh, when these guys are going to end up being good play, good teams to be able to get onto. So you see here for Chelsea, from game week 16, they go on a, a really good run. Now with Chelsea... It's really important to bear in mind, I'm going to flick back to this graphic in a second, but I wanted to look at Ben Crellin's planner that we looked at on the first ever podcast. Is it game week 17 and 18? They are potential blanks for the Club World Cup for Chelsea. They might not end up actually playing games in those game weeks, just to, to, to bear in mind on that one. So to go back here again, Crystal Palace have got a good run now up front here. Uh, Leicester have got four in a row. Liverpool have just got a really good favourable run there as well. So these are the sort of teams you'd be looking at targeting, but also wanted to look at Man United's run here from game week 15 all the way through to game week 22. Then there's West Ham in the middle and then Burnley and Southampton. They've got an incredible run of fixtures. So if they've gained form by them, we need to be looking at potentially looking at Ronaldo, maybe even Bruno at that point. Spurs have got that great run, etc. So you'd look at this and think about your planning of your transfers and your planning moving forward. Uh, teams also you might want to avoid, but um, that's something that you can maybe screen grab and, and digest yourself. But that for me is important for looking at when you really want to be planning to jump on teams anyway, moving forward. The other thing on this for Ben Krellen, follow him if you want to go on Twitter and have your mind blown by how he figures out how the fixtures are all going to work out. I don't know how he, don't know how he does it, but I try my best, but he's still is just incredible. Uh, AFCON. So African Cup of Nations is game week 22 and 23 is going to take a lot of players out and there's rumours going around that they'd have to leave a little bit earlier and they might miss either one, two or three of game weeks 19, 20 and 21. I can't see that happening for the top level clubs, to be honest. But still, you'd have a look at these guys, game week 20, game week 21. Uh, You wouldn't be gambling on a player that was going to play in AFCON, basically. That sort of thing is another thing to to, to bear in mind. Uh, A lot of back-to-back games here as well. Since now, runch Christmas now, Game week 12, then there's a uh, Champions League midweek, then there's three Premier Leagues in a row, the first midweek Premier League fixtures, more European football, and then you've got the Christmas period. So, again, do you want to go too many gambles or not? Too many rotation players? Probably not at this time of year. But again, these are all factors that I uh, bring into it, but that's the, the, the fixtures moving forward. So here's where I am at the moment. Watch list wise, uh, for the pod listeners, uh, Sanchez and Geiter as my keepers, uh, have got Ramsdale or Foster that are back up, and it could literally be any of those two from four there. 
I, I, I still haven't fully decided. But Sanchez and Gaita are sat in, still in because Gaita's gone up in price and I knew he was going to go up in price. So I put him in before uh, he did. So I can afford him at 4.5. Now he's 4.6. Sanchez, if I want to keep him, I'm not going to release the value. He's 4.6. So I'm not going to take him out. Uh, but Ramsdale and Foster are there. Uh, Rudiger, James, Trent, Cancelo and Livramento. I think I've decided if I'm going to keep double Chelsea, I'm going to go Chilwell and James. I think if I'm going to do it, I'm going to just go for, for, for the for the double on that one. I probably won't, and I'll probably downgrade to one of either White, White or Lamptey, probably, because I like the gamble on Lamptey. But he's probably a bit more injury prone. I'm not going to double up on White and Ramsdale, and I'm not going to double up on Sanchez and Lamptey, because I don't want to double up on those defences. Uh, so it's either going to be Chilwell for Rudiger, I think, on this one, or it's going to be White for, for, for Rudiger on this currently. Midfield's interesting because I think it's going to be Jota in for Rafinha, but Rafinha at the moment, I still have point ones worth of value wrapped up in, so if I do decide to keep him and I put Jota in for Smith-Rowe instead, then I want to keep that value. But I activated my wild card on the Saturday game week when the game week 11 was still going on so i i got smith rowe and gallagher in before their price rises so i activated early i've actually saved somewhere between 0.4 and 0.7 million here by activating my wild card early and getting these guys in just in case i want to keep them but midfield wise smith rowe gallagher rafinha salah foden son jota it's never have it needs to take him off and Umbuemo, who i might have in there as a cheap player if i don't have tony up front which i probably won't again it, it's it's going to be three from eight, three from eight, five from eight, Smith-Rowe, Gallagher, Rafinha, Salah, Foden, Son, Jota and Mbwemo. I Genuinely, again, obviously Salah's in, but I haven't fully decided who they're going to be yet, but that's my watch list. And then up front, it's an absolute shower of you-know-what. Uh, I've got Wilson, Jimenez and Tony in at the moment. Tony's almost certainly going to come out because I've not been that impressed with him, if I'm honest probably for someone like Armstrong because that also frees up more money for future transfers to, to, to strikers up front. And my formation, I'm going to play two up top rather than three. Uh, but the uh, the bent, the uh, the shortlist, Antonio, I've got King, Aubameyang, Ronaldo, Huang, Armstrong, Edward, Watkins, Kane. Like it's all, it's all a bit up in the air, but I think I'm going to go Jimenez, Wilson and Armstrong personally. That's where I'm at at this very moment in time because that gives me a decent bench option with Armstrong, but also it frees up a bit more money to be able to, to spend uh, on future transfers. Boys, what would you do different? Sorry, I've waffled on a little bit there. What would you do different? What do you like? What don't you like? Hit me. I think what I'd do different is Juan mm-hmm. for Jimenez. I just think oh, that's man, a yeah. lot a lot of money. What's that? 1.9 million saves? So that's a lot of money. And when I've watched them, I'm like, you know, Try and watch as much football as I can. Pretty much everyone, every match, and every highlight. I've been really impressed with Huang, and I feel like Jimenez does get rested a little bit. I think they are protecting him a little bit, whereas I think Huang will pretty much play week in, week out. And I think, I think if they were a bit closer in value, I think it would be a tough one. But I think that one point nine million, I feel that's like just for me. I just freeze up elsewhere. That's the big one that I saw there. Interesting, Tommy. Pretty much very similar. I'd probably be bringing Huang in for Jimenez. I don't think that you get much more from Jimenez than you do from Huang. Uh, and I, I, I'm looking to get rid of Tony as soon as possible. 
So for Tony, then the best Tony replacements, if let's say Huang's in for Jimenez, would you, would you potentially even look at just putting Huang in for Tony in this? No, 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 no. I, I, I wouldn't keep Huang and Jimenez. That's, oh, okay. that's too much Too much Wolves attack, isn't it? I'd, I'd be yeah. saying Jimenez down to Huang and Tony down to Grankley, anyone. Uh, just I don't I don't back Brentford anymore. And Tony, even when they were playing well, wasn't getting results, and they've got a really horrible run of fixtures. So Tony, I think Armstrong, or do what? Because he's my he's the person I would if I was downgrading Tony. I'm I'm thinking of going to at the moment. So. I look at I look at Huang and Armstrong. Point one million difference. I think Huang's way better than Armstrong. That's surprising, um, but. We scored opening week and then he did score a worldie on like Friday, didn't he? The last game week. He does seem to play every week, doesn't he? Um, he looks lively, is what I would say about Adam Armstrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would, I would not double up Wills either. Um, you're better gambling on Armstrong, I think. Going for Armstrong, you get extra value to put elsewhere in your team. And then when you, Watford's fixtures get a little bit better, I'd probably be looking at King. Uh, they've got a horrible run Watford, but it's an easy switch from Armstrong to King when that happens. Well, the interesting thing on that is, so yeah, I, I, I was was looking was looking at that, and this guy is going to sit on my bench anyway. This third striker. So do I go for King because he's just going to sit on my bench anyway for these horrendous Man United, Leicester, Chelsea, and Man City get fixtures anyway? Well, so then free up the money. What about Pookie? Don't Norwich have a good run? <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to do it to, with Norwich, and yeah, do you know what they do? They, have, they actually have a do with a good run of fixtures. I just I can't. I don't know. Again with Dean Smith, though, it might end. It, no. That's why I was looking at Watkins, Gerard. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is with Watkins is he still. If their fixtures were a bit better, I'd yeah. seriously be considering him because he's always going to play. He's going to play ninety minutes every week because he's going to protect Ings because Ings is the cripple. So. Watkins is going to play, and I mean they've got Brighton and Palace next to, but then they've got City, Leicester, and Liverpool. But it's like you said, would that player though? Do they rotate well with Huang and whoever? Would interesting. Be I'll take a look because uh, I've not actually looked at that. So Huang, they play Liverpool and Leicester on the same game week to those guys, but Burnley, yeah. but Man City and Huang as Burnley, so they do rotate okay. But with this formation as well, I mean, if I've got Ben White in, Livermento can still start. So, yeah. You've got a a strong defence there, haven't you? Which means you're going to be less likely to play three up top, aren't you, I guess? Yeah, I would only play two up front. I think that's my max. I mean, I might even go four, five, one or something a couple of game weeks because at the moment they're not getting, the strikers aren't showing the value. So I'm not massively bothered but then obviously looking back at those fixture runs that I've looked at previously I want to be able to have the flexibility to get to Ronaldo or Kane or even Lukaku now he's back in training but I want that flexibility to be able to get to those guys because I can't see them not performing for an entire season that there will be shifts that, that, that there always is. I mean, look at us all. We're all smashing our money into defence at the moment. It's hilarious. You've, you've got to think. You've got to think as well. Now, I think I just read like four months from another international break. We're going to have a run of club football. Now, we've been very. This has been a weird start to the season because of COVID and the World Cup being closer. Yeah. It's been a bit disjointed with players in and out. 
But now you're going to have a big run, and I agree. Smalley's, I'd have big tempt on Lukaku because I think he's he's going to deliver sooner or later. He will eventually. And the Club World Cup thing, it's, it sits with me though. I'm like, do I? Because in two weeks' time or three weeks' time, the fixtures get good. But then, then is it going to be three weeks and then he doesn't play for two weeks? But anyway, that's uh, that's my other thing. And then also, one of the things I was going to say was those it's 17 and 18 that they don't play. So game week 17 and 18 for Chelsea, Everton and Wolves. <laughs> just fine. Might not have a game in game week 18. <laughs> but anyway, that's just that's that's all in the in the future. I love our call high-level planning. That's Ben Krellen calling it high-level planning for himself. Right. So getting off this, let's uh let's get off that slide and then move on to questions. So I've got questions for this week. Let me click onto here. Oh, that was a form table. Wanted to have a look at that. So, have you seen how bad this form is? By the way, look at this for Man United. The bottom, they've uh, they've they've got one win in the last six. Villa obviously won, but then five losses in a row. Newcastle three draws, and you can tell why there's so many managers that have changed um, that have they've changed around. But West Ham top of the table, and Arsenal up there as well. Some may say how have the bottom four not all changed the managers really? But... Oh yeah, probably should have done. Um, it is bad when you look at that and you see the teams have all sat their managers and then they've got <laughs> and they've got tiny budgets and yeah. well not tiny budgets that's not true I take that back Villa have got absolute billions but they've got you know much less resources or stature of player than Man United do and somehow Man United are still not sacked him it's brilliant I mean it's brilliant it's brilliant it's yeah. a it's a Cinderella story for all of us all of us it, other fans it really is in the bottom six of for for pod listeners in the bottom six of the form table. Four of them have sacked their managers. One of the other, the other one's Man United, and the other one's Brentford, who are obviously not sacking Thomas Frank. <laughs> so we're a little bit of bad form because of how well he's done. He's got, he's got some credit in the bank. So uh, yeah, but brings on to the first first one. So I want to turn it over to you boys and to ask you a little bit about your opinions. And obviously, we talked a bit about Conte before, so maybe very briefly on him. But how we think the Gerard, Dean Smith, and uh, Eddie Howe, how are they going to do? I'm excited by him, I must say. I think they're exciting managers. Um, Dean Smith's Dean Smith. We know what we're going to get from him. We've, I think he played pretty good football at Villa last year. I think Gerrard's, I think he's an unbelievable job at Rangers. I think he's going to come in. I think the orders feel very attacking. Um, We know what Eddie Howe is. He's, 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 He's quite frankly said, I never go into a game of football not wanting to lose. I always want to win. So there's got it's going to be some interesting games, especially if we get some money to spend in January. I've heard rumors of a 200 million war chest coming in January, so that will be interesting. But I think they're exciting managers to gamble on some players, and we've mentioned Wilson already. We've mentioned potentially Watkins. I think it adds a different dynamic, doesn't it? Which is always exciting. Which players do you do you think like that are gonna are gonna be the ones to to shine? Those who would you be looking at now? To I'm not I'm not talking about bringing into the team immediately. Obviously, we've discussed Wilson. Mm. But who would you be having on that watch list of people to keep an eye on? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd I'd weirdly keep an eye on Pookie, just in case. Yeah, uh, for yeah. banner, um, <laughs> and then yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be looking at any defensive players for new because again, I don't think Eddie Howe will be doing that. Um, but yeah, um, the boy maybe maybe someone a bit cheaper. I, I don't know. Tom, thoughts? <laughs> uh, well, Newcastle, Wilson, 
Uh, I'd probably be looking at Matt Ritchie as well, just because his attacking numbers, his statistics of all, I know, I know Matt Ritchie, but his attacking statistics are ridiculous. And with someone like Eddie Howe, maybe you get some actual returns there. Uh, And with Callum Wilson back. Uh, Villa, I'd probably, I'd probably think that Buendia is someone that's just on the edge of being, you know, really good. Maybe Gerard can tap into him. Maybe he can't. I don't know. I wouldn't look at anyone at Norwich. I don't care who goes in there. They're still going to be Norwich. Still the same set of players. They still sold every time they got promoted their best players. I know they, they maybe have to, but no, don't look at Norwich. It's their, uh, it's just their club structure, isn't it? And um, they're just I know, a des- I, they're de- I know they're destined to yo-yo, aren't they? I mean, that's more of a, a footballing topic, isn't it? But you, you're right. That is just what they do. Um, but yeah, Spurs, Spurs obviously under Conte. Um, what, the eye test seems to see the fullbacks getting forward. Yeah, I, I would say for Spurs, your fullbacks are the ones out there. He's, he's pretty solid in the way he sets his teams up. You, Emerson Royals, Regulons come to mind. Um, they they certainly look like they could they could be in ones to bring in. Um, and then let's not forget St. Maxim at Newcastle. It's true, and uh, he he can he can do it, can't he? I, I love watching him play. It's just it's just annoyingly a striker, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. That, weird. If he was a midfielder, it'd be much better. Um, but yeah. saying that, we don't have many striking options. Uh, I think they they all have an opportunity in their first couple of fixtures. I mean, don't mm. get me wrong, Gerrard's is a little bit tough. Obviously, City, Leicester, and Liverpool after he plays Brighton, who are who are a good team, uh, and Palace, who have also been in good form. You know, Gerrard definitely has the tougher fixtures there, but the rest of these guys have some some really good chances to to try and see what they're going to do. Anyone open for a last-minute Villa winner there on Gay Week 16 and Gerard just a need slide down? <laughs> Get in the camera's face. Yeah. If Villa win. Come on. <laughs> We've done it. Yeah. That could be a, that's going to be an interesting one for it. Liverpool away for Steven Gerrard in game week 16. Uh, but yeah, some interesting ones to point out and to watch. And I also want to say, just with Aston Villa, if Leon Bailey stays fit, we might maybe see something from him. I just don't mm. know how they're going to play. Because didn't Gerrard play like 4-3-3 in Scotland a lot, from what I know? I mean, I think I'm the one of the three of us that watch a bit of Scottish football, to be fair. But he seems to play 4-3-3. Um, and how that fits with maybe Bailey, Watkins and Ings, I don't know. But it could be all options to watch out for anyway. Tavernier got forward a lot though, didn't he? Captain, right yeah. back, Matty Cash. He's the man, isn't he, surely? The, the Polish Matty Cash. The, po- the Polish Matty Cash. He, he, he had um, Polish names, didn't he? That's what the thing that changed. He, um, so, yes, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to have a look at... So I asked about rotation this season. And is it worth the gamble? So I watched a video on... Uh, on Obviously, you can imagine on FPL because what else do I do with my life at 11 o'clock in the evening? And one of the things was to be more open-minded about your perceptions of your previous perceptions and having a look at how things have changed and being open-minded to to those changes. And one of the things I've been really, really stubborn on is I don't put players in my team that are massively rotated because it doesn't make me enjoy the game like sweating the team sheets every week so much. And also, I don't think it's been worth it. And I looked at the statistics from last season. So all 38 game weeks for Chelsea, for an example. And the points per match for Ben Chilwell were 5.15. And for Antonio Rudiger, it was 4.89. 
for an example, for an example, Aspilicueta 4.35. Realistically, we weren't even looking at a point per game's worth of difference in terms of statistics. So it wasn't worth putting the rotating players in there. It wasn't worth the gamble. Whereas to compare that to this season, if it's going to let me do it for the whole of that, it is. Looking at Chilwell, he's averaging off five appearances, nine points a game. James off, um, I think it's 10 appearances, eight and two subs. He's averaging 7.88 points a game. Now, if we, and even with Alonso, he was averaging 6.5. We have to come down to Rudiger at 5.3. So Rudiger is averaging three, uh, three points, two and a half points a game less than what Reese James is. And they're decent sample sizes there. So it's with players like Livramento backing up and players like, you know, even if it's White or Dunk or whatever else, or sorry, Duffy, who can come in and replace. The statistics this season show us, and it's the same with Man City, by the way, um, it, it, they show us that, quite simply, it is worth it. Cancelo at 6.09, you've got uh, points per game, you've got to come back down to Diaz at 4.45. So in previous seasons, it hasn't been worth the risk. It hasn't been worth putting these players in at all. Whereas this season, it has to be said, looking at the points per game that they're achieving at this very moment in time, I'm not saying fill your team with them, but it's worth having that James and Cancelo uh, and Trent at the back rather than going for your Diaz, Rudiger and Trent like last season when it was more worthwhile to do so. But I wanted to try to be as open-minded as I could be to maybe making those changes. And uh, in my wildcard team, you'll see Cancelo and and James with with Trent. I don't know if you boys had any uh, a, a take on that at all, but it, it seems seems like a, a big shift this season compared to last. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't disagree with anything you said. I don't really have anything to add to that apart from <laughs> I, I was always a gambler anyway, so I was always going to have Chilwell in, and people like that before you'd even shown me all those statistics that you've just gone through so yeah yeah well and and i think that's the thing for people who have played fantasy for however many years like i have i've just been kicked in the you know what's by so many times by rotation and it's not been worth it uh and now we've, season, we've we said it I is i think we've talked about rotation so much though and i think the crux of it is yeah okay so there's it's showing that the statistics show that it's all right at the moment because Chelsea are pushing forward with wing-backs and stuff like that. But when we've talked about this previously, if you've got nine, ten players that you are 100% sure are pretty much going to start if they're fit, then you can afford to have the one or two rotation players. I think that's that's the whole thing. You've got backup on the bench that can come on. Yeah, okay. Every now and then they might come on and get 10 minutes and get a couple of, you know, one point. It's not the end of the world. As long as you, the rest of your team is solid and you know they're going to play. And they've got to be players, like you say, that are, are worth it. So, and I think the the main ones this season that are worth it, uh, you, you look at your, your wing backs for Chelsea and uh, and someone like Cancelo. Uh, we've had it. We've touched on Spurs now or later. So, um, I think for the majority of the opinion on this is that if you've got a Spurs player, you obviously keep them. We we've we got on Son uh, for the pod team, and we're obviously keeping him for the next few game weeks to see how he gets on. But if you are sitting there right now, I, my, my personal take is you would wait anyway to get on those. And then the, the final question I have, which was I thought was quite an interesting one, was Jota or Foden? Now, 
very, very similar in statistics, very, very similar in price. But in looking at the statistics, they're incredibly similar. And Jota now, because Firmino is going to be out with a relatively serious hamstring injury, is just sort of appeared to me now to be somebody who I, I would I mean it wouldn't have been that way before but I might even consider having over Foden if I want to change the structure of my team now looking at the numbers and I've just gone points per 90 uh, Foden's ahead on points per 96.49 to 6.06 very very similar on goals um, Foden's got more assists expected points Jota's ahead of that but as we make our way down um, they're incredibly similar in terms of statistics across the board, again, other than other than crosses, <laughs> which is the outlying one that Foden puts in a hell of a lot more of. Um, stand out, but, that doesn't it? Yeah, but if you've got a choice, who would you go for, Foden or Jota at the moment? Jota, Jota? not getting, not get, probably not getting rotated. Yeah, and a lot of you know, few few quid cheaper. Yeah. Tom? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I, I agree with. I agree. I, I can't really put up a case for Foden. I've got Foden, so I wish I could, but I'd, I'd probably prefer to have Jota at the moment. Yeah, I think what I would say is that it's uh, just going to be Jota. When you look at the fixtures, they're similar as well, but that's that's where we're at. Uh, so to take a look ahead to game week 12, so let's look at the fixtures and then let's look at the captains to uh, to round off uh, this week's podcast and show uh, the deadline is because uh, obviously it's a 12 30 kickoff sorry on a saturday so it's a saturday deadline at 11 o'clock so that's with leicester against chelsea it's nice and condensed saturday and sunday plenty of three o'clock kickoffs villa brighton burnley palace newcastle brentford norwich southampton watford man united wolves west ham liverpool arsenal on sky sports to watch uh man city everton and spurs and it's leeds both again live games now Salah captain seems relatively obvious still because he's on fire and he's performing incredibly well. But other options this week? Man United away at Watford. If you've got Ronaldo, maybe consider him. Back Watford in that fixture, to be honest. I know you would. Um, Man City are playing Everton. Everton yeah. don't look that great. Maybe look at someone like Foden if you wanted to go there. Uh, any any of these teams' fixtures, anything stand out to you other than Salah playing at home against Arsenal? I mean, it depends on your team, doesn't it? I've got Foden, so the only other option for me would be Foden. Uh, yeah, I don't know. yeah, it's, it's it's tough this week. I don't really like Salah. I know it's at Anfield, so I think they'll I think Liverpool will win, but I don't think it's a guarantee that Salah gets on the gets on the score sheet or on the points there. Although he has every single week so far, so he probably will. But five thirty live in sky under the lights. It, oh, that just screams to me a hat trick for Salah. Yeah. I mean, I hope you're wrong because I've got. Oh, you're going to go Foden. Oh, are you finally going to go? Gold. No, no. I, I, you know, I, I talk about these things. I don't have much. Uh, Foden's look good. Still, but he's just not, he's lost, he's not quite there on the clinical side of things. So I, I don't think that I can back him as captain. Yeah. I'm happy having him in my team. I just don't want to back him as captain. For me as well, I look for your big teams. I say big teams, Man City and Liverpool down the years, what they've done after a defeat. Let's not forget Liverpool lost the last game. Mm. They're going to bounce. They're going to bounce hard. It's, that's a late kick up on a Saturday on Sky. Oh. I fancy it. Do you know what? Salah Hatcher can come in. Don't be a fool. Go for Salah. 
The only other one that really stood out to me on top of this was was Chelsea playing Leicester and Leicester aren't defending very well. I just hate the early kickoff after an international break. Yeah, everyone seems lethargic, don't they? Mm. It's, ne- it's never as fun as a game to to back. And I kind of, I, I I also talking about the fun of the game. I also really enjoy watching my captain play, like we've mentioned before. So. That's why Salah right there would be great. I mean, do you know what? I mean, why not? No, I wouldn't captain Kane. But <laughs> it was Salah against Arsenal. It, it, yeah, it seems like a seems like a good pick to me. Uh, to to finish off, boys, your own teams. What are you thinking about doing this week? I'm thinking about writing into fantasy football and asking them to just give me another wild card. <laughs> <laughs> My teams are awful. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even have a keeper playing this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course I've got not. Backman and Raya. Uh, well, apparently, uh, look, looking at it as well, when the on the price change predictors, uh, Backman's going to go down in price in the next two days. Uh, okay, so well, I was going to bring Backman out for Foster anyway, uh, as I needed to do it at some point in my life. So for me, that and then probably taking a minus four because I'm, you know, thirsty and getting James Vardy out and maybe just throwing Callum Wilson in there. I, I like it taking a minus four at this stage as well. There's not, not wrong with that, Tom. Uh, I don't know. I don't know this week, so I probably won't do anything. Yeah, and I, I, looking I, at your team, I, I, I can't, I can't really fault that to be honest. Yeah. I don't love Vardy. Uh, I even though they're at home, you know, I'll, I'll probably bench him. Maybe I just. I can't, I can't think of a clear... I, there's not anything that's obvious to me that I need to do right now. And to be honest, with Vardy, I know he's hit a bit of a rough patch and so blessed, but they've got four very good fixtures after that. And I'm willing to probably gamble on him a bit longer because of that. So uh, I probably won't make any changes. Are you um, Are you, Are you? you going to be uh, banking a transfer then? Are, they, are, they, are you going to have two frees? Yes. So you've only got one free at the moment. Yes. So, I mean, that well, that to me then... Is seems like a, a relatively straightforward decision on that side of things. I know, which makes a very boring what would Tom do section. But uh, unfortunately, that this week I had a look at it, and this I would just be making stuff up if I if I said it. Whereas these other weeks, I have actually genuinely considered pressing the button on those minus twelve. So, <laughs> well, um, we'll uh, we'll wrap up there, boys, for uh, for this week, and just a parting shot that apparently uh, Patrick Bamford had Casper Schmeichel in goal for his fantasy team this week. Just so you know, I just. Uh, I got a message through about that. I don't know if he's forgotten to change that one, but that, that's uh, that's a uh, that's a big one. Didn't back, didn't back his own team to score against them. Uh, but yeah, thanks very much, boys, for this week. Um, sorry, there's a technical glitch halfway through, so it might be an issue with uploading two YouTube videos. But I'll uh, I'll get those up together, and that'll be great. Uh, thank you ever so much for liking and subscribing. Don't forget to follow us all in football pod, all in football p, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and then subscribe. And please like the video because it does help with its reach. So if you have watched it and you have liked it, or even if you haven't, give us a like. And uh, thank you ever so much for uh, for tuning in. And I'm going to give this theme song thing a go again. Bye for now. Awkward. <laughs> I think we just got it there. There you go. Ooh. Didn't work, did it? But thanks anyway. <laughs>